Come on, everybody, give Jesus a shout this morning. Give him a clap today. My goodness, come on. Real quick here, man, I want to say good morning from our online audience as well. Can we give it up for our Facebook, YouTube, Instagram fam that are here as well? Uh, Jeanette is on here as well. Jeremiah, Karen, I love you. I'm seeing you on here. Nissa's on here as well. And so, man, make sure uh, you like and share, all right? Because, man, we want to make sure we're reaching the world for Jesus Christ. Here I am. Boom. All right. And so, man, we just want to say thank you for joining us online as well. If you're brand new with us today, can we clap and welcome you, man? Thank you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for checking us out. And um, if you're for, uh, brand new, my name is Jeremy, along with my wife, Pastor Lindsay. We have the honor of pastoring the greatest church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Look no further. Man, we're so glad you're here as well. But honestly, we would love uh, to see if we're a great, a great fit for you and your family. And man, if you're brand new with us, fill out a Connect card, or you can text me, 702-727-8280. And uh, uh, for the rest of us guys, and even if you're brand new, Serve Day is next Saturday. Next Saturday, the pop-up market, so make sure you sign up for that. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are making our name for ourselves at Spring Valley High School, which is just a little further up here. Also, I want to provide this for you too, if you live far, all right? Because how many know Church Alive is worth the drive? Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Right, But if you live in North Las Vegas or East Vegas or even in Henderson, we have some other closer locations as well, but we try to partner together in one location. But man, if, if we come out of the woodworks on Saturdays, how many know we can reach our city? We didn't start Avenue Church four years ago just to reach a community. We want to reach our city. That's communities upon communities for God's praise and God's glory. I'm fired up today. It's because I'm wearing my pineapple shirt. That's why. And so this last week, Pastor Lindsay and I, we got to fly out to Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, they tried to entice me with some delicious barbecue. And, uh, but we were with Ark this week. And uh, Pastor Lindsay and I, we, we had the honor of training up over 18 brand new church plants launching this fall or in the, or in the spring. And we have hands-on. If you see these tables down here, we have hands-on with three other churches, California, Idaho, and Iowa, and they're going to be launching January 2022. How many know, because of your generosity, we're launching churches all across the United States of America? So give yourselves a hand of applause. It's huge. It's huge. Also, if you are brand new with us and you check in at Avenue Central, get your cup. We're going to get $5 on your behalf to feed a child in El Salvador. And how many know we're a blessed church because we're a generous church? And so this was a lot of fun here. I love preaching with my wife, man. I'm like all goofy, and then she gives you the details. And so that's why you got to pray for Pastor Lindsay to preach some more. We're in the middle of a, of a series called Life Coach. Life Coach. Now, i got to be honest with you. I don't know if this is my ADD. Normally, I'm really good when it comes to series. We've been in this series since after Easter. And uh, Life Coach, we're studying the book of Ephesians. Book of Ephesians. We went through chapter 1, 2, 3. And uh, I'm actually going to skip over uh, uh, you know, the portion where it says husbands and wives. We're going to do that in August for our brand new August series called Sitcom. Sitcom, Sex, Love, and Marriage. Come on, somebody. And uh, that's one of our favorite series, but we give you a biblical approach. I'll never be, uh, you know, um, I'll never have shock value. But I want you and your children, your teenagers. We have Avenue Kids for uh, the little ones, but man, it's a great series. But man, there's a new series burning in my heart that I'm going to launch next week. We're going to talk about kingdom, kingdom. And so that's going to take place next week, and we're excited for that. But I'm going to go all, all the way to Ephesians chapter 6. The, if you're new here, I am the lead pastor, and I talk very fast. Ephesians chapter 6. Get your Bibles out. 
Get your iPhones out. Open up the Bible app version. Man, get Facebook out and share their live feed. But you don't use the Facebook post for your notes today. Instagram, let's do some reels today. Let's do some stories today. Because how many know we're not the best kept secret? We are a church that's alive and we want our city to know that we're here because it's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. Not Jeremy, Jesus. And so Ephesians chapter 6, and if you have an Android, we're praying for you. Come on. We're praying for you. Like, really? Got to be frustrating. All right, Ephesians chapter 6. This is what it says. Finally, I love this. Be dunatos. Dunatos. This is the word for our church. Finally be dunatos in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I love Paul. Paul says, finally be dunatos. Be strong. How? By having the Lord strengthen us. And so in this day and age, how many need some strength, right? And so God strengthened me today, Ephesians chapter 6, but verse 11, put on the whole. Say whole. Say entire, right? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. There's that dirty devil, all right? The devil. Now, I want you to know, I don't believe the devil's behind every blade of grass. I don't believe the devil made me do it is always the right answer, but there is a reality that there is an enemy, and the enemy is the devil. There is an enemy, and the enemy is the devil. Against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. If you're here today, you're like, what kind of church should I step in today? Right? This is a life-giving church. But I want you to understand, God, the gospel doesn't make bad people good. The gospel takes those that are in darkness into the light. And so the devil, the enemy, wants to keep us in darkness. How? By spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Therefore, he says it twice, therefore, put on your armor. Put on your armor. I'm going to talk about the context of this, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Theologians say this actually word is present and future, all right? Present and future. It's not like when evil comes. It's, 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 it's coming. It's here. But having done all to stand firm. I'm going to read fast now. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth, having put on the blessed plate of righteousness. Go ahead, next slide. And for the shoes of your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, and in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, we can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Give it up for the Word of God today. Come on. And praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, I thank you. Your word is living, and it's active, and it's powerful. God, I thank you. Your word changes us. It's not just a history book. It is alive and well today. So Holy Spirit, I pray, maybe walk out of here different. Maybe walk out of here stronger. Maybe walk out of here encouraged and on fire for Jesus Christ. And everybody shout it. Amen. amen and amen. I'm praying for that Bears rookie. Come on, we got a rookie quarterback. Anyways, I want to ask you a question today. Do you have a recurring nightmare? Okay, I used to have a recurring nightmare growing up. was like the walls were closing in. Have you ever had that nightmare before, right? Like the ceiling and the walls are closing in. I always wake up and sweat. Well, now I'm a little older, and I want to be transparent with you this morning. Um, I have a recurring nightmare. And this is like a literal nightmare. I can't control it. It just takes place. I'm not joking. This is really is 
a nightmare. I have a recurring nightmare. And this has been going on. Uh, I've been in ministry for about 19 years. It's probably been going on around 15 or 16 years. And my recurring nightmare is, I'm, I mean, you know, I, I go to bed, fall asleep. I always listen to Spotify or, you know, like music or Maverick City. And, and in, this, in this nightmare, literally every single time, it does not change. In this nightmare, I'm getting ready to preach. Okay, this is the pastor nightmare, right? I'm getting ready to preach. And uh, it's always like a large auditorium or something like that. It's Thomas and Mac, you know, or whatever it is. And I'm getting ready to go on and preach. And uh, that's, the night, that's, that's not the nightmare part, by the way, all right? You know? and, uh, and so I remember they're like, Jeremy, you're up next. And in my nightmare, I don't have my sermon notes. No iPad. And they're like, Jeremy, get up there. I'm like, I don't have my iPad. And that's all I can do in my nightmare. I, 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 don't, I don't have my, my notes. I, I, I need my iPad. And literally, I'll get up to the stage, and it'll be like thousands of people. And I'm like, I don't have my notes. And I wake up like that every single time. Why? Because I'm going to ask you today. Have you ever forgotten something that you desperately needed? Have you ever been to a, maybe a sports? Or have you ever been to a, 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 whatever, a, a job interview? Uh, maybe you're playing on a team, maybe at Avenue Church, right? Like you forgot your Bible today and you're like, oh, it's in my, it's in my iPhone, right? Or uh, have you ever forgotten my, you know, have you, ever, have you ever forgotten something that you desperately needed? But how many know, I promise you, Many of us, myself including, included, we probably leave our home forgetting something every single day. And you're like, what is that, Pastor Jeremy? It's putting on the whole armor of God. Putting the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. This is taking place daily. Every single day, put on the whole armor of God. Do you know what that noise was? They dropped their armor and they're putting it back on. Put on the whole armor of God. Can I tell you, I love this. So you can stand against the schemes of the enemy. The Bible even says so you can withstand the enemy. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes today. This is a part of our, our mind shift. We give the devil too much power. You're stronger than you think. I need a bigger amen. Let me say that again, all right? We give the devil too much power because you're stronger than you think. Now, I think he's intelligent. I, he knows Scripture. He knows what to do. He is good at his job. But sometimes I think we give him way too much power. Because here's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be, may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I love this word, stand. Have you ever heard, stand up for yourself? Right? Or I need you to stand. I'm not on the ground. I'm not uh, laid out. I'm not KO'd. I'm not knocked out. I'm still standing. Just like in a boxing match. They go, one, two. How does, he, how does he get back into the fight? All he has to do is stand. He doesn't have to fight. That's, that part comes next. But he just has to stand. And I love Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Can I get an Amen. Right? Because freedom, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are now free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Don't get back in to sin, to the temptation of sin. I really believe we need to stand firm. It's sometimes one of the most powerful things to do as a Christ follower. Might not be this, might not be this, might be just standing. Might be just standing. To say, I'm here again, barely standing, but I'm standing firm on our foundation. We learned that on Easter Sunday. 
We learned that on Dunatos in our four-year birthday celebration, that Jesus is my firm foundation. I'm standing on the cornerstone. But I love how he uses this word, yoke of slavery. This is yoke of sin. And Paul, during, he's, talk, he's talking to the church in Galatia, and I love that he uses yoke because this is what a yoke was back then. They would put oxen on, and this is one yoke. And so when they says, don't be yoked to sin, that would literally be my head's in here, and this is sin. And so what's so powerful about this is this is, they would put it on two oxen or two, two uh, bulls or large animals. And what they would do is they, would, they, would, they were able to control the two. But if one ox wanted to go that way and he wanted to go this way, you're just going to be stuck. There's not going to be any movement. That's why the Bible says do not be unequally yoked with someone else. That's why there's such power when we, you know, I've been a pastor for 19 years. You, know, you stick your head in there, it's like, Pastor, I found someone. Well, is that person a Christ follower? Do they love Jesus? Soon. Someday. Right? I bring them to church, but they're cute. I'm going to challenge you. Your relationship's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. And, and, and can I just say it's easier to pull down than it is to pull someone up? And so typically, if you're with someone that's unequally yoked, they're going to have more power over you because it's easier to pull down, to bring down. So here's what Paul says. Paul says, don't be yoked with sin again. It is no longer walking with sin. I'm standing up against sin. So I'm going to ask you today, are you standing against or walking alongside? Are you standing against? Are you walking alongside? Pastor Jeremy makes his own notes. But here's what spiritual warfare is all about. And this is probably the best way I can explain it. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness. But sometimes we're thinking, okay, is there like a demon outside my door? Right? Is there just someone on that? Is it is the angel and a demon right here on my shoulder? What does this really look like? And here I was reading in a commentary, and I thought this was the best explanation of spiritual warfare. You're defeated. You know you've been beaten, but you're not even sure why. You, you're defeated. You know you've been beaten, but you're not even sure why. You know what spiritual warfare can be? Man, it can be, I'm mad at my spouse today, and I have no reason to be mad at my spouse today. Spiritual warfare can be things stopping you. Spiritual warfare can be uh, tech difficulties. That's what I feel like. Spiritual warfare. You can feel like I'm defeated and I'm beaten, but I don't know why. So, Pastor, how do I stand firm against the attacks? Now, I'm going to go through the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. And maybe you grew up in church. You're like, I know the armor of God. What I want to do is I want to take this into a more uh, a different approach today. So we're going to go through the armor of God. So stand there for having fastened the belt of truth, right, and putting on the breastplate of righteousness. I love this because Paul is actually, he is actually referencing Ephesians chapter 4. And so Paul says, having fastened, so he says, put on the whole armor of God. There are bits and pieces that we have to put on daily. Not just one thing. But here's what I love. Paul says, having fastened the belt of truth, having put on the best of righteousness. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, put off your old self, which belongs to the former matter of life 
and is corrupt through deceitful desires. I love this because faith without works is dead. We have to do something. And so when we come here today, a lot of times we wear our corrupt desires. We wear our past. We wear our shame. And we walk in this building today going, I hope no one sees my shame. I, I hope no one can read through me or see through me today. Man, I am just defeated, but I don't know why. And God, and Paul's saying, take it off. Just take it off. And this is what he says in the next verse. Take it off and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self. I wish I could take it off for you and put it on for you. But Paul says you got to take it off. You got to put on something new. Create after the likeness of God. And what do I put on, Pastor Jeremy? You put on righteousness and holiness. It's something we wear. It's something we wear. Have you ever tried on something brand new and it hasn't broken in yet? For many of us, we need to break in righteousness and holiness. Right? Man, it's a daily journey, and I fail at it every single day, but guess what? I'm still wearing it. I'm still wearing it. I'm I'm not uh, yoked with anything that is disrupting this in my life. I want to challenge you today. We no longer wear our past and sins. We now wear holiness and goodness. I... I want to challenge you today. I can go to your workplace and say, hey, what's so-and-so wearing? What have they been wearing? Did you wear something nice like a pineapple shirt? People are going to talk about it. People can see what you're putting on. I want to challenge you. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? It's a great sermon title, by the way. Write that down. What are you wearing? Because we now wear holiness. We wear goodness. So Paul's saying, put on the blessed spirit of righteousness. May people see that I'm trying to be holy. May people see that I'm a righteous person, that I'm going to do good, I'm going to love God, I'm going to love people. May people see that I have integrity when the doors are closed, that I have integrity when the windows are open. May people see that I'm a man of God. But Paul goes on to say, but as for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now, there's two things Paul's talking about here. He says, put on shoes so you can go. Go. So you can go with the gospel. Readiness of the gospel. But I love this. Paul's saying there's got to be peace. I'm putting a shoes of peace on. How many put your shoes of peace on today, right? I have peace of mind and peace of heart. But this drives me crazy because I didn't know why Paul wanted to use shoes. For me, I mean, it's God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind, a peaceful mind, or peace that surpasses all understanding. Or in the Bible, it's like, peace guard your hearts. Paul, why didn't you use a helmet? Why didn't you use a, a t-shirt or a, a, sweat, a champion sweatshirt? You know, like, Paul, why'd you use shoes? Because back then, the Romans had shoes as armor. And their shoes were sandals. Come on, somebody, look at this. Some of the ladies in this house is like, I need this sandal. This is a nice sandal right here. But here's what's interesting in their sandals, because they didn't have shoes back then like we, we know of today. But this was their shoe. And in the Romans, they had shoes with what they called nails that were sticking out, or what we would call them as cleats today. And the reason why they had nails on there is because they had to hold their position. And when they held their position, Paul's saying, let your peace be your grip. Let your peace be 
your grip. I once played basketball. We have a basketball league. Uh, I need five guys. I got three, I think. Real, real stellar basketballers, all right? I just passed a lot. But I once played basketball, and uh, I had the right shoes on. I got my basketball shoes on. And this gentleman that was my opponent, he had the wrong shoes on, and he was slipping all over the courts. I'd literally go, boom, he'd slide, wipe out. i go, ah, make a, make, a, make a bad shot. Sometimes we're wearing the wrong shoes as Christ followers. We're slipping and we're sliding, we're tossing and we're turning and we're all these different things. We're double-minded. I don't know what to believe. I don't know. I'm afraid now. I have anxiety, worry, and fear. I want you to challenge you today. Peace is your grip. Peace is your grip. Peace is your footing. In order to have the peace of God, I need to have my grip on Jesus. I love uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse uh, 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Peace is my grip. If your peace has been taken away from you, I'm going to ask you, what are you holding on to? What is your grip? What is your grip? I love that it was cleats. I love, because even in the analogy, what happens when I backslide? That means you're not, you know, I'm, I'm falling away from God, right? Backsliding means I'm changing my direction. And so what's changing my direction? Paul says the next one, I love this. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now back then, their shield was about the size of a door. They had huge shields, and uh, the sides of the shields had little connectors where the Romans get put their shields and they connect them. How many seen the movie 300, right? 300, 300 heathens, I'll tell you what. Right, movie 300, and uh, I saw it on VidAngel. Okay, it's <laughs> saw it on cable, you know. And so put the shields together, and what they would do is they put shields together to form a wall and a roof. So your shield of faith is with community. It's with community. Is with community. Can I, can I tell you? Right? I, I, I pray in the Spirit to build up my hope, most holy faith. Faith without works is dead. God's given each one of us a measurement of faith. But can I tell you, some days my faith is low and I need a Christ follower to help me build my faith. I, love, I have a small group on Mondays, leadership small group. Remember, we're talking about leadership and all that, but they build my faith. They build my faith. I come in Monday tired from ministry, and I call it a ministry hangover from just ministering on Sundays. But man, I'm so glad I have my Monday group to bring me back up. We're connected. We're connected. But here's what I love when it says, extinguish the flaming darts. We've all seen this in movies, where they have an arrow and it's on fire and they send it and launch it. Well, the Romans used to soak their shields in water. When they soaked their shields in water, it was able to extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. I was going to go so many places with this, right? Like Jesus looked at the woman at the well and said, can I have a drink of water? And she says, why would I give you a drink, right? I'm a Samaritan. He says, man, if you knew who you're talking to, I'll give you living water. I was like, we need to soak in the presence of God who is living water. That was good, right? Was that good? But here's what I'm going to challenge you today. <laughs> Brand new today. Welcome. Welcome. But here's what the flaming darts of the evil one are. Temptations. Fear, bitterness, anger. This is the big one, division. Division. I can list so much more. I want to get the highlights. I want you to understand, when you're, get, when you're, when you're tempted, 
Temptation does not sin. It leads to sin if we give into it. So temptation or fear, bitterness, anger, division. That when the darts come my way, and they're coming, and they've been coming this past year, 20 years or 30 years, and when the darts come, my faith in Jesus Christ will extinguish these. We don't have, and some of us, we made a bed with this. We don't have to live with any of these because faith is my shield. I want you to understand faith is our response. I have the shield of faith. I once heard someone say, My shield is not restricted to just me. I can extend my shield around my family. I can extend my shield around my church. Come on, somebody. Around my small group, right? My shield will protect in Jesus' name. My faith is my response. The shield of faith. I love this. And so Paul says, then I want you to take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word that is living, it's active, it's powerful, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. But I love that he uses the helmet for salvation because the moment we give Jesus our heart, he gives us the helmet of salvation and changes our mind. Because repent, when I say repent, repent, repentance means you're changing direction, you're changing your mind. And I love in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Don't mimic, don't look like this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, of your mind. I love this. When you, when, you, when you have God renew your mind, sometimes we walk into church and we go, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what God's called me to do. I don't have a plan for my life. I, I have no idea. I feel like 2020 totally robbed me of that. And now I'm just stuck. But when we come to church or a small group or open up our word or when we pray or when we worship, God renews our mind. Can I tell you, church, I renew my mind every single morning. Because you know what? At night, you don't sleep in armor. You take it off and you put it back on. You take it off, you put it back on. So daily, I'm putting on armor. It's new wineskins for me. And I love this. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you put on the helmet of salvation and you ask God to renew your mind, this is what's going to take place. That by testing you, you may discern what the will of God is. What is good, acceptable, Imperfect. What is good, acceptable, and perfect. Can I just challenge you in this portion? The sword of the Spirit can change your life. It can change your life. That the helmet of salvation, man, it's a, it's a gift that's completely free. It'd be like us walking out here today, say, free helmets in the back. Everyone gets the free gift of salvation, and that is eternal life. But I love 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8 through 11. It says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Having put on, put on, we got to take it off, and then we got to put on the breastplate of faith and love. And a helmet, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. And I love this. So we put this on. What do I do with it? We fight. What do I do with this, man? We fight against the fiery darts. Man, what do we do with this? We fight against the schemes of the enemy. What do we do this, man? I am, I am ready. I am fired up. I am a Christ follower. I am dunatos. I am strong. What do I do with this armor? Encourage one another and build one another up. Man, we got to build one another up. Can I challenge you today? There are too many Christians fighting Christians. Can I, tell you, can I take a step further? There's too many Christians fighting unbelievers. 
We are to encourage and build up. We are to encourage and we're to build up. I want to be known not for what I'm against, but I want to be known what I'm all about. Man, we love God, we love people. We love God and we love people. So I love Jesus was pulled into the, into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. When the enemy, the devil, he would say, Jesus, I want you to do this. Jesus used the word to fight against Satan because he was standing firm. He was standing firm. If you're going through an attack right now, find a scripture verse that lines up with that attack and stand on that. Stand on that. Stand on that. Man, I feel like I'm, I'm a fizzed out Christian. Psalms 51, 10 through 13. Renew the joy of my salvation. Create in me a pure heart. Man, fire me up. Man, I'm scared right now. I'm afraid. Man, God, you've not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. This is how we fight. This is how we fight. Man, can I tell you my first sermon? Man, I was 16 or 17 years old. I got the paper out. And it was my youth group. I had about 200 people in the youth group back then. I got the paper out. I read it. I didn't even look up. I was like, oh my gosh. You know? Back to my nightmare. And I was reading the sermon. It was Psalms 51, 10 through 13. And, and I had three points. Real cute. It was, a good, it was a good message, right? And after I read it, I said, by your eyes, close your eyes. And thankfully, it was in the Midwest. Midwest, they're very quiet. They're my least favorite crowd. They're just like, mm-hmm. Amen, Pastor. Amen, Pastor. Like they barely talk. It's like disrespectful to say, amen, come on. But I'll tell you what, they respond to altars. Because by the time I, I said, I prayed, I said, man, if you want to accept Jesus into your life, we're going to do this at the end of this message. I said, raise a hand. Hands went up all over the room. We prayed a prayer. Students uh, lifted their voice. They prayed. My youth pastor was like, this is incredible. This is revival, you know. And I was like, you're very nice, you know. And I'm like sweaty and profusely. And after the sermon, people were like, great message, Jeremy. You're going to be a pastor someday, aren't you? Like, maybe, you know, and all these different things. And then one guy, he came up and didn't do this. One guy walked up, and he was my age. And he goes, uh, Galatians 6.3. Galatians 6.3. Now remember, I didn't memorize a lot of scripture back then, but I remember I Galatians 6.3. So he goes, Galatians 6.3. I was like, oh man, thank you. Galatians 6.3. Shoot. You know, because we all make up stuff, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that verse. Not really. So I remember I went home. I was like cloud nine. And I was like, wait a minute. Galatians 6.3. So I go to my Bible and open it up. And Galatians 6.3 it says, he who thinks he is something when he is nothing deceives himself. I was like, Oh, shoot, man. Okay. All right. And he was someone I looked up to. He was someone that prayed and fasted and preached and knew his word. And I said, you know what? I, I, I don't receive that word because I believe we're to encourage one another and build each other up. I believe we are to be yoked. I believe we are to be pushing each other towards the prize. Can I just challenge you today? Use the word to fight enemy and build your faith, but also love your neighbor. Let's love your neighbor. Can I say dunatos goes both ways? It's going to grow my faith, but it's going to help me to love people stronger. Love people stronger. But I want to challenge you today. We love our neighbor, right? Greatest commandment, love your Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, but also love your neighbor as you love yourself. But can I pastor you just for a second? Can I challenge you for just a second? We don't get to choose who our neighbor is. We don't get to choose who our neighbor is. Your neighbor is whoever you come in contact with. 
That person who cuts you out, the person who cussed you out, that person that you hate at work, that family member who's estranged, that, that person that really hurts you. We're going to love them, and we're going to build them up. I got to challenge you. You got to put on the full armor. You got to put on the full armor. In John chapter 8, verse 44, I'm going to go quicker now. He was a murderer from the beginning. This is the devil. And the devil does not stand. Huh. The devil does not stand. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. And somebody, you need to hear this today. The devil, when he lies, he's speaking out of his own character, his own language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. If there's a lie being spoken into your life, that is spiritual warfare. That is the enemy, and that is not God. That is not God. That's why you pick up the sword of the Spirit. And say, I rebuke that word. I am God's masterpiece. I am fearfully, and my wife is wonderfully made. Hope you caught that, right? For he's a liar. I'm doing a lot of pointing today. I'm excited, okay? And here's the next verse. I love this. Satan doesn't have to destroy us. We're too busy destroying each other. Man, let's love God. Let's love people. I always I told her we had an equip night with our team two weeks ago, right? And I said, our values of our team is we love God, we love people, we pursue excellence, and we choose joy. Man, we love God, but if you don't love people, we got to talk about loving God again. we got to talk about putting on that armor, equipping ourselves every single day, every single day. Now, hear me out. There's exposures in our armor. That's why you got to be careful who you let close into your life. But I love this. Here's Ephesians chapter 6. This really bothered me. I'm going to close. Worship team's going to come on up. Help me land this plane today. But I love this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities. Before I go to the next slide, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the spiritual warfare. We wrestle against things that we cannot see. And he says this, against cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And so I begin to study this week, wrestle. What does that mean to wrestle? I get wrestling, but how do I wrestle something I can't see? How do I wrestle? Wrestling implies that it is a struggle. It is a struggle. I wrestled in high school. It is a struggle. It is a struggle. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's not going to be, it doesn't mean, okay, we're going to walk out of here today and the enemy's going to leave me alone because I got my armor on. No, it is a struggle. It is a fight. But hear me out. We don't fight for victory. We fight from the victory of the cross. For what Jesus has done. And so I begin to study this word. And the original word is also found in Genesis chapter 32. And it says, the same night, Jacob, he arose and he took his two wives. We all know why he had issues. Come on, somebody. He had two wives and his two female servants. And this is just the context of their time. This was okay back then. And his 11 children. Hallelujah. That's why he. Ooh. And he crossed the ford of Jabbok. And Jacob was left alone. He was left alone. And a man came out of nowhere and wrestled with him until the breaking of day. This is all night long. He's wrestling somebody. He's wrestling them. He's wrestling them. It's a struggle. It is a fight. And the next slide says, and when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, Jacob never gave up. Jacob never quit. But he was wrestling with some things. He was frustrated. 
He was running for his life. He made some mistakes. He screwed up. He lied, deceit. But he never gave up. And his man touched the hip of his socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. He still wrestled. And here's what the next slide says. And he said, this man, let me go for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Unless you bless me. I won't let you go unless you bless me. And this is what he says. And he said to him, what is your name? They believe, they believe this to be Jesus. He's wrestling Jesus. And I love this. He goes, what's your name? He goes, my name's Jacob. I love this portion of Scripture because he's going, he's saying, bless me. He goes, what's your name? He didn't say, sure, I'll bless you. Or yes, it's all good. Peace be. Peace, I'm with you. Peace and go. No, this man says, what's your name? And he says, Jacob, I'm a deceiver. I'm a liar. Man, I'm second best. Man, I'm nobody. Man, I've made mistakes. You've walked in this place today and say, I'm a sinner. Man, it's out full of guilt and shame. I'm wearing my past and my sins. Man, I am so condemned. I don't know if I can move on from this day. He goes, what is your name? He goes, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven and wrestled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. You have prevailed. I love this. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel for saying, I have seen God face to face and my life has been delivered. Though we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against darkness. Can I challenge you today? I love this. God, God wrestled with Jacob to remove the lie so he can fight with the truth. This is who you are. This is who you are. I want to wrestle with you this morning. You are God's masterpiece. I want to wrestle with you this morning. You are holy. You are good. I want to wrestle with you this morning and say you are called. God wants you to preach and teach. God wants you to make a difference in this planet. I want to wrestle with you today that the truth is you've been saved and sanctified. The truth is you're not just going to heaven. You're bringing heaven to earth, to your workplace, to your family. I want to wrestle with you today that God is changing the story on your life. It is no longer drunks and alcoholics. It is no longer sinners and thieves. It is no longer, uh, I cuss like a pirate. It is now pastors, prophets, teachers, men and women of God. And can I just tell you something today? To wrestle successfully with the devil, we must wrestle with God in irresistible prayer. This is how I fight. 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 Can I just tell you, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against darkness. So what do I do, Pastor Jeremy? Do I get in there? No. In order to successfully wrestle with the devil, we wrestle with God. We say, God, I thank you that you blessed me. And hear me out. Many of us here today, we think this is negative. It ain't negative. This is taking place every single day. God challenged me. God changed me. Every day it's a struggle. Every day it's a difficulty. But I wrestle through worship. I wrestle through prayer. 
I wrestle through God's word. I wrestle every single day through the temptation. I wrestle through every single day with anger and fear and anxiety and worry. But guess what? Because I wrestle with God. I wrestle in his word. I wrestle in prayer. It equips me and challenges me, helps me to put on the full armor of God. If you're here today, will you just stand with me, please? And here's what I want to do today. I want to pray with you. I want to go into this song, and I want you to wrestle God this morning. I want you to get out of your comfort zone today. Matt, we are just fired up as a church. Matt, normally we're preaching, we're having fun, we're having a good day, but I believe we are desperate for a move of God. We're desperate for something more. Father, in Jesus' name, with our hands lifted in this place today, Father, I thank you for your word today. Father, today I put on the whole armor of God. Father, I place the helmet of salvation on my mind today, God. I pray, help me to think God thoughts. Father, I thank you for renewing my mind. Place the blessed plate of righteousness on today, Father. May people see that I'm a man of God. I am righteous. I am holy. I put on the belt of truth today. May only speak your truth. May only hear your truth. Father, put on the shoes of peace today. May I have peace of mind, peace of heart, peace in my freedom, peace in worship, peace to walk out every single day. May I have the shield of faith today to extinguish and quench the attacks of the enemy. I don't wrestle with the devil. I wrestle with my word today. Father, I pray for the sword of the spirit. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. Come on, church. Raise your hands. Let's worship today. close me pray father jesus thank you father thank you for galatians chapter 5 verse 1 jesus stand therefore you've not been yoked with slavery with sin now father thank you for the gift of salvation 
And maybe you're here today and you walked in this building. You felt no purpose, no joy, no hope. I'd be so honored to pray a prayer with you. We're settling down this service, but how many know we're fired up on the inside? And maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, will you lead me to a prayer? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I would love to lead you into a prayer and help you to stand again. Lead you into a prayer to help you put on the armor of God. A prayer today to say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Come into my heart. You're going to walk out of here forever changed. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, like I said, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to point at your hand. You're going to put it right back down. But I want to know who I'm praying for today. And if that is you today, just raise a hand, put it right back down. Let me see your, ready? Yes, yes, anyone else? Yes, anyone else? Up, right back down. Yes, 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 put it back down. That's a lot of hands this morning, church. Yes, anyone else? Yes, anyone else? That's amazing. So let's all pray a prayer together. Because remember, this is the moment where we're linking our shields together. Remember, we're linking our faith together. Come on, somebody. I'm the guy in the middle, all right? I ain't going to be on the outside. I'm in the middle because I'm smart. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for paying for what I did. Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, live in my heart. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to stand because I now know who I am. I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God.